Now let's go to work. We're going to talk about what? Building up the body of Christ. Now I had building the body of Christ and the Lord showed me you, you, you're not the one building, I'm the builder. All right, so what we do is build up the body of Christ. See, the foundation has already been laid, so we have to build up the body of Christ. Now, you have to know who he's talking to, and you got to know, know what's going on. That you, This is an assignment. I feel like that's what I'm giving you today. You, I'm giving you your assignment. You'll know, for, you'll know today, what did you come to church for? You'll know today what you're supposed to be doing uh, in the body of Christ. I really believe that. Uh, so uh, pay attention. You're going to get this. So we're going to talk about uh, building up the body of Christ. I gave you 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I gave you that part because I want to show you why that was so important. Building up the body of Christ. All right? Now, let's go to work is my thing. So I'm not talking about, uh, I want to show you today why God gave you power. Remember, we did a teaching on uh, understand authority. And I want you to know in the body of Christ, he's talking to all of us. So you have to understand, he gave all of us, let's go back to Ephesians, let's do that first, uh, chapter 1. And so we have to know that God gave us all authority. And so we have to understand why we have it. Why do we have it, see? And so if God gave us authority, what are we supposed to be doing with that authority? And that's what God's supposed to, that's what we want to be able to show you today. Everybody has a responsibility in the body of Christ. Let me say it again. Everybody has a responsibility in the body of Christ. We're going to learn something in, in this uh, message that we are not going to pray anymore. See, that's what I'm talking about, the word change. That's what I'm talking about. We're not going to pray anymore for people to come to church. We're going to pray for them to be the church. Because until they become the church, they only can participate naturally. So that's why he says about what, what they would do if they're not in the body of Christ, they labor in vain. You know, I hear people all the time say to me, uh, pass anything that I can do for the church. Just let me know whatever I can do for the church. See, and that's where people's mind at. They, they want to do something for the church. A lot of churches, people come and their whole thing is to do something for the church. I want to serve in the church. I want, God wants you to become the church. All right, now when I'm talking about the church, I'm going to show you the body of Christ. All right, he wants you to become the body of Christ. Now, let's go to your book, Ephesians, because we want to show you why God gave us his authority. And we want to go down to chapter 2, and we want to go down to verse number 11, because he's going to remind the Gentile believer, uh, and that's what I believe I'm doing now, is putting, putting you in remembrance. He's going to remind the Gentile. Uh, we're going to go to... Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, he said, Wherefore remember that you being Gentiles in time past in the flesh. So he's telling them about before they were saved. When you use the word people are Gentiles, he's talking about in the flesh. Who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. At that time, you were without Christ, you were aliens, you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, we were strangers from the covenant of promise, we have it no hope, and we were without God in the world. But now in Christ, he's going to switch it over. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometime were far off, watch this. This is why uh, I said to the Lord and why I've been in prayer about what's the difference in today and the yesterday in, in forced ministry concerned with the church of God. Everything they was and was taken care of was because of they were in the name of Jesus. And you have to understand, everything they got from God was in the name of Jesus. And so what we have to understand, this verse is letting us know everything we have is the blood of Christ. That's why you hear this verse. Watch this. It says, but now in Christ Jesus. See, but now. See, we were, sometime, we were without Christ. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were strangers from the covenant of promise. We having no hope, but we were without God in the world. 
So that's why, but with them, they, they had the name of Jesus. As a matter of fact, they were taken care of because of the name of Jesus. They got what they needed from God because of the name of Jesus. Well, you have to understand why God gave you everything you have today is because of the blood of Christ. Can somebody clap their hands? All right, now watch, watch this verse. Watch what this verse says. But now, in Christ Jesus, see, now God put us in Christ, who was sometime far, we couldn't come near God. What now we are made, we are made nigh by the blood of Christ. See, everything happened for us happened because of the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who has passed tense, made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He broke that down. See, we, we couldn't come to God. That was a wall up between us and, and God. But he broke it down. And only because of the blood of Christ are we able to come to God. Are we able to pray to God? Are we able to thank God? Are we able to be sons of God? It's because of the blood of Christ. Can somebody give the Lord praise for the blood of Christ? See, what we, what we do is, when you tell people, by now, they said, no, it's the, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the name. No, you have authority by the blood of Christ. See, your authority, their authority was in the name of Jesus. See, because Christ hadn't died yet. Christ hadn't buried. Christ hadn't been raised from the dead. He shed his blood so you can come back to God. All right, now let's keep going. Now, in verse number uh, 14, it says, For he is our peace who has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Uh, between us. And verse number 15 says, Having abolished in his flesh. See, he did all this. He destroyed his flesh, the enmity, the hate. Even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances for the making himself of twain one new man. He made one new man, so making peace. This one new man is called the body of Christ. So that's why we're supposed to be building up the body of Christ. God made one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile, watch this, both under God in one body. That one body is the body of Christ. By the cross. He put us where? In the body of Christ. How he do it? He did it by the cross. He did it by his blood, see? Then the Bible said, having slain the enemy thereby, and then he came and he preached peace to you who were far off. How many know who that was? Come on, I show you. You once were far off. That's why I read that verse twice. And verse number 14, I told you that you were, uh, we, in verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometime were, Far off, then I come over here to ask you who was far off, and you look at me. See, we were the one far off. We couldn't even come to God. It said, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandment contained in the ordinances to make himself twain one new man, one body, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both of us in one body, the body of Christ, by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, came and preached to peace, came and preached peace. Jesus came and preached peace to you who were far off, and that was us, right? And then it said, and to them that were not, that was the Jews, all right? Then it says, for through him, we both now have access by one spirit unto the Father. Well, what gave us that access? The blood of Christ. That's why I want to, see, you got access to the Father. That's why I read the verse number uh, 14, he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Verse 13 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometime were far off, now made now by the blood of Christ. So here he says in verse number 18, through him we both have access by one spirit. Through him means through the blood of Christ we have access by one spirit unto the Father. The only reason you're able to come to the Father right now is because of the blood of Christ. Now, therefore, you who, you are no more strangers. Somebody say, I'm no more strangers. I'm no more foreigners. Come on, I'm no more foreigners. And I want to add this. I'm no more visitors. See, we are making a change in the ministry. So when you come into ministry, you don't ask people anymore, are you visitors? Do we have any visitors? No. Do we have anybody of the body of Christ who don't worship at this location? 
Come on, because if they are the body of Christ, guess what? You are my sister and my brother. And what we got to start doing now is promoting the body of Christ. We are not going to promote door faith no more. We're going to promote the body of Christ. Because the word of God is for the body of Christ. God gave me the word for who? The body of Christ. You might not be at this location, just like my brother. I got a brother told me he's at the 82nd. Uh, you're a military man. You should have finished that. Eight, eight, think, you, you're a military man. You, you're the 82nd. 82nd what? 82nd Airborne. Some of y'all know about military. All right. So, but the key is you might be of the 82nd military, 82nd Airborne. But if you meet somebody else of another Airborne and they see you, they know that you're in the same military they was in. Ain't that right? So that's why you got to understand that you all serve the same God or the same military. Ain't that right? So when you are the body of Christ, wherever you are, you're the body of Christ, you still have access by one spirit to the Father. Whoever they are, when they come here, they are not a visitor anymore. Come on, I'm trying to show you how we're going to do this thing. You're not a visitor. Do we have anybody else that come to this ministry of the body of Christ, maybe from another location? You might worship God at another location. Because they are not visitors anymore. That's, I, I, God showed me that this message is the change. You don't, you don't have nobody else anymore coming, coming to a, a church. So we don't, that's another name we want to change. Do we have any, anybody here come to church? See, we, we stopped in the coming to church today. Because when you come to church, you are promoting the natural location. We want people now to be in the body of Christ. That is our word now, said the body of Christ. Said so we're going to build up the body of Christ. All right, so we have power to edify the body of Christ. So you got to understand, God showed me, he said, son, the spirit is not here to help you build your church. The Spirit come to help you build up the body of Christ. Build it all the way up to the head. Ain't that right? Now watch what it says, Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 19, now therefore you are no more strangers. You are no more foreigners. I like to say you are no more visitors. But now you are fellow citizens. Come on, come on, I'm telling you who you are, receive it. You are fellow citizens of what? You are fellow citizens with the saints. Remember, the saints were the one who's gone on and already, they are already with the Lord. That's why they said when the saints came back, it, you know the saints were the Jews who's already gone. They were Old Testament believers. So now you are a fellow citizen with the saints. You have all rights, all privileges with the saints. You have everything that the saints have. So when I begin to show you, then you'll clap your hand. Once I show you, then you'll clap your hand. Otherwise, once I show you, then you'll believe it. All right, now watch this. He says, that's why, why I said receive forgiveness. That's why Acts 26, 18, receive forgiveness of sins and your inheritance. You are now partaker with the saints. So when you realize everything that the saints already have, you already have that too in Christ. You are, no, you are no more visitor, no more foreigner, no more foreigner. All right. And that you are now therefore no more strangers and foreigners, but you are now fellow citizens with the saints and of the same household of God. So it's no separate thing no more. You are in the same household, the household of God. There's only one household that's called the body of Christ. It's the household of God. So when you look up and see anybody else, regardless of how they look on the outside, if they the body of Christ, they're in the same household you are. They got the same father you have. They got the same spirit you have. They got the same love you have, the same faith you have, the same grace you have. Come on, somebody ought to get, get excited. We are learning who we are. Learning who you are. Verse number 20 says, and are built upon. So that's why we got to build up. 
because people already in Christ are already built up on the foundation of the apostles. They are already built up on the chief cornerstone, which is Christ. See, Christ also is their foundation. That's why we got to build up the body of Christ. In verse 21, in whom all the building, come on, wave at me, part of the building, where are we at? All the building fitly framed together. I say all the building. Fitly framed, past tense, framed together, groweth. Groweth, now it's time for us to do what? Our job now is to grow unto a holy temple in the Lord. That's our job now is to grow up. In whom also you are building together. See, this already happened. That's why we got to build up the body of Christ. We already build it up together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. So if we want more of God's presence in the church, we got to be grow up. We got to make room. We got to have more people growing up so we can have more of God's grace. When you want more of God's grace, you got to make room for the grace. Growing up, growing up causes more presence of the Lord in the church. And I'm going to show you how to do it. There's only one spirit in the body that causes that to happen, and God gave it to us. Go to Ephesians. Uh, we're in Ephesians. Let me finish reading. I'm down at uh, verse 22, in whom you also are building together for the habitation of God through the Spirit. All right. So all of us have a responsibility. Now, that's, that right there gave us uh, our the authority. We're going to see it a little later. He gave us the authority. All right, we'll see it a little clearer when I get to another verse. He gave us the authority. Now let's go uh, to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, while we're there. Ephesians chapter 11. This happened after, since he rose from the dead. Ephesians chapter 11. I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 11. See, see a lot of people, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I sense this. It's like they hold back from supporting spiritually, physically, serving, all kind of way, door faith. But you're not serving door faith. You're the body of Christ. You're serving the head. So it's not, it's not us that you're holding back on. See, when you have people who won't come to church, see, that's what their mentality is. I'm not going to church right now so I can sit at home. You can't sit at home and serve the body. Come on now. You don't leave your feet at home and serve your body. See, if you understand who you're serving, then you'll be here and you'll be here on time because you don't want to leave your foot behind, neither your hand. And you sure need your head. Now we know Christ is the head of the body. So everything the body does, it does it for the head. All honor and glory to go to who? Go to head. All right, so I'm going to show you. Let's go to Ephesians 4.11. We are there. Now I put in my notes why God put you in the body of Christ. Right here. Because all we usually do is we'll look at, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a pastor. No, no, no. He's, he's telling you the different parts are members of the body. Listen to what he says. He just names some. He says, and you. And he gave some. He gave some. Apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Now, I'm a, I can show you in another place which I am. He doesn't use that. He's going to use, he's going to see every, he's going to give you four different places. Here he's using apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers because that's foundation. That's why he says, and he gave. Look at that verse again. And he gave, past tense. He's not talking about what he's doing now. We'll get to that. He gave his foundation. I want you to write that down. I want to show you. He gave foundation. So when I read you 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we are built up on 
Let me go back and read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. See, that's our foundation. And what people think today is, he's talking about today. No, he gave. That's the foundation. Now, you are a member of the body of Christ. You may say, well, I'm an apostle. Well, that's fine, but you're first a member. And you got to live the life as a member. And then you got to find out who you are as a member. All right. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I want you to mark this in your Bible. And I read you verse 10, 11, 12. Them the three verses I'm going to read. Verse 10, 11, and 12. He said, according to the grace of God, which has given me as a wise master builder, I have laid what? The foundation. And another build there. See, we are in the building process. We are building on, building up. For the other foundation can no man lay than it's already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, he's going he gonna to tell you the foundation is. That foundation, one of them is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build up on the foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble. So we're going to see the foundation, and we're going to show what is under that foundation, and we're going to show you on that foundation is the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's that fivefold ministry. We'll get to that. Just don't let me forget that, okay? I got several verses of scripture on it. Matter of fact, let me go to one in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2. Let me do one uh, while I'm here, while I open that up. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 2. So you got to understand, this all go with uh, Psalms 8. See, he had put all things on his feet. I want to show you that. But if he put all things on his feet, guess who the feet are now? Well, if you ever think about it, who is the head? Everybody else is the body. So you got to understand, you, you might not be the feet, but you are part of the body. And the feet is how the head get to its destination. Well, what is the feet? Wasn't going to church anymore. Well, how is the head going to get to its destination? See, we, 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 we're churchy. We got everything figured out. Look at Hebrews chapter 2. Now, I want to go down and start reading in verse number 5, King James Version. The Bible says, For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection. The word subjection means authority. The world to come, the dispensation of grace. That's what that means. The word world to come is the age to come. We already here. So he did not put angels in charge of our dispensation, where, where we speak, Paul says. But one in a certain place, which he talked about back in Acts chapter, I mean Psalms 8, one in a certain place testifies, saying, What is man? That thou art mindful of him, talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, talking about Jesus Christ, that you visit him. You made him a little lower than the angels. You made him a little lower than the angels. Now, that, that's already happened. And then you crowned him with glory. So you can see when Jesus died, buried, and raised again from the dead, he had to become lower than the angel. He had become a man. He was made to be sin. But then God raised him from the dead and then crowned him with glory and honor. Then God set him over the works of his hand. Guess who are the works of his hand? The body of Christ. Say the body of Christ is the works of his hand. I'll show you a little later, okay? Watch what he did. He, thou hast put all things in subjection. Thou hast put all things under his authority. But everything is under his feet. So when I get to Ephesians, why when he said what he put us at, somebody can find me that verse, what he put us at, he gave it all to the church. The Bible said Ephesians something, 215 or something. We'll go to that in a moment. He, he put everything under him and gave all authority to the church. So we have to understand, he put it all there. The Bible said, thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. Now remember, the, he's saying the feet because the feet is a part of what? It doesn't hurt. Look down. Just, come on, look down. Just take a 
What is your feet a part of? All right. That's not a hard question. It's not a part of the head, is it? All right. You don't walk with your head. All right. Thou hast put all things in subjection on his feet. So otherwise, on his feet means under his body, under his body authority. For in that he put in subjection under him, he put everything, 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 all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him, but now we see not everything already put under him. That's what he's talking about. Jesus Christ hadn't come back again. That's all he's talking about, what has already happened. So all of his authority already has put, been put under his feet is what I'm, what I'm using here. Everybody got that? All right, because everything has put under his authority. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 27. Then we go back to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm quite sure you probably got that now, right? Now, in, uh, you already got Ephesians chapter 1, right? All right, let's go back there first before I go into wills. Now, I gave you, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. And let's read the last few verses. Because I want you to know, first of all, in doing this, God put everything under your authority. The church, the body of Christ. Not one person. So I'm showing you why things don't happen in the church. See, really, really, usually what happens is pastors get blamed for everything. When the church is not where it's supposed to be, when the church is not a church, when the church, they blame the pastor. Some pastors lose their job because people they can't see this. Their pastors lose their job because they grade them on how well the church did this past year. See, some of y'all don't know that. They set that pastor down. They say, well, let's see how good you did this year. And then that pastor, well, we had the evening member. We had this much money in Sunday school. We had this much money in church. We had this year. You had less this year than you had last year. We got to find us another pastor. That's how they lose their job. They get their salary based on how well the church grew or didn't grow. And it really ain't based on that pastor. It's based on the whole body. All right, let's go. Now, in, first, in Ephesians chapter 1, let's go all the way back to verse 15. Now, Paul said he's going to pray for the church. That's what we're going to go to. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, what did God give you? Faith in the Lord Jesus and your love. What else he gave you? It's not, it's not hot. He gave you faith and love. So if you mark your Bible, you need to mark those two words. He gave you love. He gave you faith to serve the Lord. And then you gave you faith for all the brothers, all the saints. He said, now, because when I saw you have that, I ceased not to give thanks for you, making mention of you always in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may now give you the spirit of wisdom, otherwise understanding how to use your faith and your love, and revelation and knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, otherwise the saints already got that. He wants you to know what is the exceedingly greatness of his, his power, to us, to us, uh, us, his authority. He wants you to know what is exceeding the greatness of his authority to us that he gave us. Who believe according to the work of his mighty power. Say, God wants us to know about his authority that he already gave us. Because he wants you to know why he gave you the authority. But you got to know what he gave you. I just told you. You need to write them down. See, you just see, you just see love. Love is God's power. Love is God's authority. See, you got to know what he gave you. What is it? See the greatest of his power, his love, to us what? His love, to us what? Who believe? According to the work of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Well, when he raised Christ from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, he raised you from the dead at the same time and set you at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Because he could not raise the head and leave the body in the ground. Come on, you got to see yourself. Some of the Lord said, Lord, help me to see myself. When the word says, 
Now, I want you to find me this verse. I think I got it right. 1 John 4, 17. As he is, so am I in this world. Somebody find that for him. I don't want to wrongly say something. All right. Now, he said, when he wrought in Christ, well, that's when he, when he was in the ground. God was working in him, raising from the dead. Set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Watch this. When he set him there, he set him far above all principality and power and might and dominion. He set him above every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which has come. And had, past tense, put all things where? Under his feet and gave him to be the? Come on, I need you to, I need you to focus now. You're reading your Bible, you got to see that. He gave him to be the what? Oh, remember, when God did that, he, he showed you the head and the body. He gave him to be the head over all things to the church. He gave him to be the head of all things. See, he gave it all to him, but who it was for? It was for the church. He gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. So when God raised Jesus from the dead, he gave all the thoughts. See, that's, you got to go back and look. You got to go back and look at why I did that. But why did he do it this way? Because how did he lose the authority in Genesis with Adam? The woman. Through the woman. How did he lose it? Through, through the woman. He said, the woman has done this. So God came back and got all the authority back. Set back down in heavenly places in Christ, hand all the authority back to the man and the woman. And put all the authority back under her feet. Gave him to be the head of all things to the church. So that's what you got to see what's going on here. He put the man back where he's supposed to be and put the woman back where she was before and that's sitting with him in heavenly places in Christ with all authority, all power under their feet. Can somebody help me here today? That's what you're seeing here. So when that serpent came to Adam and he resisted, then he came to eat. She also had the power to resist it. So you got to know what your power is now. See, if I go ask Samson, the way they got Samson is they got him to not to walk in his power. That woman asked Samson, where do your great power lie? See, if y'all ever read the book of Samson, you'll know his power was in his covenant with his God. Let me say it again. His power was in his covenant with his God. In the old covenant, what did it say? Thou shalt, this old covenant now, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Now, that's what Samson put did. His love was supposed to be to his God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul, all thy strength. And then your neighbor as yourself. But see, that's not, Christ already fulfilled that. But loving your neighbor is what we still got to do. See, you don't have to love the Lord thy God. You can't with all your mind, all your soul, all your, because it's already been fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But that second is like the first, you got to love one another now. So God's power now, he gave it to you in love. See, he gave you two things. That's why I keep telling I showed them to you. He gave you what? I need you to, no, love was first. Give me the first. He gave you what? Love and faith. He gave you two things. Now, you got to know this because I, I like to talk this today. Still probably will. But you got to know what he gave you. Love is what you have for one another. Faith is what you have for God. If you don't have anything in your hand, I want you to stretch your hands out. Which way your hand goes? Both ways. Don't just say one way. Don't just say right, right, right. One is for the Lord. One is for your brother and sister. So you got to understand, you have two hands. 
Okay? You got to understand, hand is for service. Hand is for what? Service. service. All right, so that's why you got you to gotta serve the Lord. Now, let's go. Did I give you something else first? All right. I heard 22. Was I right on 1 John 4, 17? Y'all forgot what I said. Let's go to 1 John 4, 17. I said, check that out and see if I'm right. All right. Now, now what I'm doing is, what did I tell you somewhere else I was going? If you, anybody taking notes here? I heard 1 Corinthians, was it 15, 27? Psalm 8. All right. I'm not going to do Psalm 8 this service because I'm not going to get to it. But when you read Psalm 8, you're going to see all this I've been talking about. He put all things on his feet. Gave him to be the head of all things for the church. All right. So you got to understand, Jesus came and got all power and all authority back and gave it back to you. But you got to know what, what it's for. All right. Now let's look at 1 John 4.17. Now, 1 John 4.17, I, I don't have this. This just... One day the Lord showed it to me and it's still in there. Thank God for it. Let me mark it. First John chapter 4. And there it is. I haven't even marked it. First John 4, 17 says, Here is our love made perfect. Now this was Israel now. This is not you. This was the church of God when I say Israel. Here is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of Jesus, in the day of judgment. There's no judgment for us. Because as he is, that's the part I want to show you. As he is. See, what you got to see Christ in the church. So as he is, so are we in this world. Say, as he is, so are we in this world. Right. So if you're building up the body, you already have an example, right? As he is. All right, let's show you one more. Uh, Philemon that Paul gave. The same thing, but it was not that, said it that way. Uh, you, you, before the book of Revelation, you got the word, I'm sorry, after the book of Timothy, Titus, you got Philemon. After Titus. So when you look at uh, Philemon, uh, there's a verse there. You can put that 1 John 4.17 right by that because that's what he's talking about, as he is. All right, so if you read verse 4, is where we want to go. 1 John chapter 4, uh, I'm sorry, Philemon verse 4. Philemon verse 4 says, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayer. Watch what he's praying. Hearing of thy love and faith. Underline it. What, what did he hear here? He have two things. Because this is what God wants to know, how you're doing in your love life and your faith life. Hearing of your love and faith, which thou hast, past tense, toward the Lord Jesus and toward the saint. Can you see it? Your, your love is toward the saint and your faith is toward the Lord Jesus. Can you see the two? Ah, shit. Hallelujah. All right. Now, in verse number six says that the communication, now that word communication means sharing or caring because that's what this message is about today, sharing and caring. See, if the body of Christ got to be built up, we got to have somebody that's sharing and caring spiritually. And verse 6 says that the communication of your faith. How do you communicate with your faith? Caring and sharing. You, you got to understand the body has to be ministered to. God gave you love to edify, to build up one another. You got to understand your purpose. See, people are waiting for somebody to make us an apostle and a prophet, evangelist, and pastor and teacher. No, 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 no. He need, God needs folk who are going to love people in the church, in the body. Let me say that another way. God needs you to love them into the body. 
See, not just love them after they get in the body. The way they're going to get in the body, you're going to love them in. You're going to have to cause people to realize that you got something they don't have. And you got to know what God gave you, faith and love. I know he gave you the Holy Spirit, but you have to know faith, love and faith. Those things are your credentials. These are your tools you have to serve with. Serve God and man. All right. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. Verse 4, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. That the communication, that the communication. God gave you faith that the communication or the sharing of your faith may become effective. I know King James used the word effectual, but he means effective. You need to effect somebody. You ought to be walking in love so it affects somebody. Somebody ought to want to have what you got. It's an awesome thing to be around folks all the day long and affect nobody. What if you had fire and God just said, okay, your love is like fire. Your love is just powerful. Your love is just precious. It's your anointing. We're just going to pour it all up on you. And we're going to sit you out there and see where you affect somebody. Somebody ought to come to your fire. Somebody ought to want some oil to anoint themselves. See, the same thing if, if you set something. Uh, remember when, when Peter, James, and John, when they, Jesus Christ went, they came to warm themselves by other man's fire. That's how you got to see that. They did not have enough fire of their own. Holy Ghost had not come. So they had to go and warm themselves by another man's fire. My point is, do you have enough fire in you to keep somebody else warm? What if somebody needed your light? Do you have enough word in you right now to get somebody else in the body? I'm not ever going to say, hopefully I won't ever see again, have them to come to church. Because that's what we've been doing all our life, inviting people to church. That's over. We're not inviting anybody to church anymore. We're not going to even ask people to come to church anymore. People need to come into the body. If they're coming to the body, they're coming here. But you're not coming in here until you get in the body. Because God gave you faith and love. That'll bring you here. That the communication of your faith may be effective by the acknowledging of everything that's in you is in Christ Jesus. As he is, so are we in this world. You got to acknowledge that. You got to admit that. You got to accept that. You got to start saying that. Everything in the heads and the body. Everything's in the heads and the body. See, if you realize that, see, people still want to go back and go back to the heads ministry. The heads ministry is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Oh, we love the heads ministry. Why? Because I taught them the last week. There the woman had an issue of blood, and all they had to do is touch the head. And, hallelujah. They were healed. The head's ministry. All he had to do is say to that man, thy faith hath made thee whole. The head ministry. Bam. But what about the body ministry? Why is the body not like the head? Why is the head, you know why? Because I'm going to give you the verse right now. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 10, verse 8. Let's go, to, let's go another one first. Let's go to another one first. 1 Corinthians 8, 1. 1 Corinthians 8, 1. So you got to understand why was the head on, on fire for God? Why somebody could just touch him? Woo! And I know I'll be healed. Why it can't happen when people come in here and they amidst the whole body of Christ? All the members of here. Why you don't see that? 
something wrong. Because what's in the head is supposed to be in the body. First Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. I say hallelujah myself. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But it's going to change because what I'm talking about right now is not just going to be talked about. This is what's happening in this church already started last week. Last week's message was your suffering is over. Yes, sir. People, you don't, people don't know how it is to go to church and have a situation and lead church. Still got that situation. But all oh, if you can get around a lot of folk who are the body of Christ. I'm talking about the people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm talking about in the presence of love himself. Oh, hallelujah. See, we, we're supposed to be so full of love that people ought to be able to assist us where we at in the church. They ought to be able to look at us and say, that's right there, full of love. How you tell? Every time I get around them, I'm just like, ooh. You call it anointing, I call it love. Because love is God. When you get around God, you know it. You can feel God. Hallelujah. I may have to have my nieces saying that. Can you feel God moving? Yes, I can. I know she had that little jerk on when I said it like, no, Reverend. First Corinthians chapter, chapter 8, verse 1 says, Now as churching things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge, knowledge puff up, but charity. How many know that's love? What does love do? What the, why does God give you his love? To edify. Look at somebody out there and says, I got to edify you. I must edify you. Now the word edify means to build up. Remember, we're not talking about the build. The Bible says, except the Lord build the house. If he didn't want to build the house. Your job is to build up. What are we supposed to build up, Lord? The body, all the way to the head. I said, we got to build up all the way to the head. See, we didn't finish Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. We started that. We're going back. We're going to close with that. Don't forget when I asked you. That's the one I asked you earlier, what we did, but nobody knew, but that's it. Ephesians chapter 4, we only read verse 11. All right. Now here it said, now it's touching thing off of the eye. Then it says, but charity edifier. Now, that word edifier, I want to give you some, some words for that. Because a lot of times, we hear the word edify and we just, we just think of edify. But it's more than that. The word edify means to build up. What does the word edify mean? Build up. It means to build up. You see anybody you need to build it up? It also means to construct. That's what it means to build. But to build up, you got to understand that uh, internally and externally. See, when you build something, that's external. We're not trying to build the church. Because the Bible said, up on this rock, I will. So you got to see the difference. To build, that, that's Matthew uh, 16, 18. Jesus said, up on this rock, and a lot of folks are still hung up on that. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. Who is that rock? And that rock, listen, the Lord said, I will build my church. You go back and look in the Old Testament, it was the high priest who built the church. Uh, that same anointing. Christ himself built the church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. All right? So, and also the Bible told you he set members in the body, watch this, as he see fit. We'll get to that in a moment. That'll be 1 Corinthians 12. So you got to worry about putting people in the middle of the body where they're supposed to be at. That's the Lord's job. Your job is to make sure you know what part of the body you are. And you'll never know until you start loving. Write it down. Loving causes you to discover your part in the body. You'll never know what your part in the body until you start loving. As you grow, your vision of who you are 
would increase. As you grow, that's what edify means, to grow. And as you start loving and start growing, you begin to realize who you are in the body. So many folks trying to find out who they are in the body and ain't loving nobody. While you're loving, you discover your gift. Write that down. Because that's, that's what he gave you. He gave you authority and he gave you gifts. You'll never know your gift till you start serving the body, loving the body. Your gift will be discovered through service. That's why Galatians 5.13 said, By love, serve one another. So you get the serving folk, God will let you know who you are. You go back and look at in the church, physical church, how do they know? They got people to go serve. And while they were serving, they found out that they were, there was anointing on their life. Pray for the sick. All those things were discovered after they started serving. If they never started serving, they never would have discovered their gift. Oh my God, if I could have had all this stuff when I first started. If you never start serving, you'll never discover your gift. So you come into church when you don't do anything, you'll never know your gift. But when you start serving people, you'll find out that you're anointed for other things. Oh, hallelujah. See, I go back and listen to this, and I just shout. But right now, I got to preach. All right. So 1 Corinthians chapter 8, but, but charity edifies. So you know what, what God gave you faith, uh, love to do? To edify. He gave you love to edify one another. He gave you love to edify the church, the body of Christ. So when you sit around, that's what folks do. They sit around and about why the church ain't growing and people ain't here and all this here and, and look, who, look who you loving. Nobody. You wonder why nobody growing. All right. But you can fix that. Now let's go back to, to, to 2 Corinthians let me give you one more. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. What did I just tell you I'm going to take you to, Folly? Ephesians, Ephesians 4. We're going to go there and close. My time is up. I get the rest of it later. Ephesians. I get, I get that the next service. Ephesians chapter 4, and we did verse 11. Thank you so very much. We're going to come to your camera. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Now we're going to go look at verse 11. Come to your camera, sir. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Now the Bible says, remember, when God gave me this, this is the first thing I said. I said, why did God give you, put you in the body? We look at this, this was foundation. But let's find out today, 9 or 11 o'clock service, why did God put you in the body? And who are you in the body? What's your function? What's your gift? That's your answer today. That's what we're going to go for today. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. The Bible said he gave. Now when he say he gave, a lot of folk like to quote that, but this is foundation. Don't let, don't let me forget. I want to show you that the next service. He gave. That's past tense. He gave for foundation. But here he telling you who he gave them for. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. He gave that foundation. He laid that foundation for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Otherwise, until we all know what our faith is for. And to the knowledge of the Son of God, remember that was how they had to be saved, unto a perfect man, unto the measure, and this is our part, the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. The measure. Remember God gave every man a measure. What have you done with your measure? 
See, that memory, that's not gone. That's why I got that out there. I got to finish that. You got to know God dealt to every man the measure of faith. What are you doing with your measure? Your measure is to help to build up the body. Until we all come to the measure of the stature of the foot of the Christ. That we henceforth, the body of Christ be henceforth, no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and coming craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to the sea. You know why people be in the sea? Because the people God gave the measure for ain't serving. They got the measure. I'm going to show you that God likened us to not only the body, a body with many members, but also a husband and a wife. He had different examples that he did, but what happened? How did the enemy deceive Eve? You're going to learn that in this teaching. And that's why God gives us faith. That's why God gives us love. But so we would henceforth, verse 14, be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. The slight of men. Cunning craftiness. Whereby they lie and wait for the sea. See, that's why we got to be doing our job. We got to be loving, caring, and sharing. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. Ministering to one another the truth in love is what causes us to grow up into him, the head, in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So we know how to grow as we minister to one another in love. Say it, ministering to one another in love. Come on, everybody. Ministering to everyone in love. And the Bible says, from whom the whole body, the body fitly joins together, compacted by that every, by that which every joint supplies. Say every joint. Every joint. Say I'm a joint. I'm Say you a joint. A we all got a supply. That's what's going on in the church. We don't think there's nothing for us to do but just come to church. No, this is the local church. You are the body of Christ, and you got a function. You got a function, and you got a gift. God gave you faith. He gave you love so we can come together and build up this body. Look at verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplies. Every joint supplies. According to the effectual worker. Did that word effective? According to the effective working in the measure of every part, every part of the body. See, what happens is we got many people that's part of this body. But see, they, the body don't want to be the church. The body wants to come to church when they get ready. But when you become the body of Christ, you will be here to function and supply. What if one part of your body didn't function? What part, wonder what happened if part of your body didn't function. That's what you're causing to happen to the body. Not though a faith to the body of Christ because you won't function. God put you in the body so you can function. You can supply just like your heart. What happened if the heart stopped beating? It stopped supplying blood. You don't know what your function is. We're going to find out. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for your, hey, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 told us Christ died for our sins. He was buried. God raised him from the dead. Hey, he's already done the work. Now he needs you to function and to care, supply love in this body. This body functions like a heartbeat. Off of God's love. Do you have it? Make the church operate. Build up the church with your love that God gave you. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.